This is Longview Leaders. My name is Sean Hookirk. For those of you that don't have any context on me, I run a web design company in Longview called Gradical Design, helping businesses achieve their goals online. And the goal of this podcast is to interview leaders in our local community, specifically Longview, Kelso, Cowlitz County. There's so many leaders here doing great things. I want to have in-depth conversations and share those conversations with you to inspire you to become a better leader. And in this episode, I interview Scott Dahlquist of Advanced Messaging and Dispatch here in Longview. And if you want to learn more about Advanced Messaging and Dispatch, you can go to Advanced advancedmessaging.us. And with that, enjoy the episode. All right, Scott. So tell me your story. Where did you grow up and where did you go to school? How long have you lived in the area? Uh, I lived in Longview uh, my entire life, 45 years. I have uh, went to uh, Ari Long High School, a whole Longview schools, in fact. Um, and I've raised my family in the area as well, kept it all here. And then what do you do for a living? Um, I manage a business for my family. My family owns Carl's Towing and Auto Repair. About 11 years ago, uh, they opened up an answering service. Uh, there was a, a need for a quality service, especially in the towing industry. And uh, my Uncle Carl saw that vision and knew what he wanted, so he started putting together the pieces of an answering service. Just a few months before it launched, he did pass away, but uh, his two sons, Mike and Greg, Kept things moving forward and got it launched just a couple months later. And within about six months, I came to work for the company. Just started answering phones, really, understanding how it worked. It's just kind of been building up ever since over an 11-year period of not much advertising. Um, by word of mouth, we've created quite a business. We went from, when I started, we were taking about 5,000 phone calls a month at the most. And now we're averaging uh, around 20,000, upwards to 22,000 phone calls a month. And then we've actually taken about 2,000 calls off the board by implementing some digital-type dispatching software where we don't actually take a phone call. We receive the information digitally. We push it forward digitally, and there's no phone calls taken. So that's actually another way that we've generated more business and reduced our phone call base uh, in order to keep our numbers accurate and the amount of people we have to answer the phones and everything kind of balanced. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, and you guys do answer the phones for us at Gradical and Excellent, excellent service. So I want to take a step back and expand more on your younger life. My goal is that I hope some younger people are listening to this and they can kind of see where you came from, some mistakes maybe you made or some good things that you've done and to shape you into the person that you are now and then maybe somebody can avoid those mistakes or kind of double down on those positive things you did. What were you doing, you know, maybe in your teens or 20s? You know, what were your influences, your role models, or your parents, friends, and in business or leadership positions? So I come from a broken family. Four of us kids, raised by my mom, uh, worked two jobs. Not the smoothest of upbringings, but not bad. It wasn't like we had any extra money, but always what we needed. Uh, You know, get through middle school and high school. I didn't do well in high school. I didn't actually graduate high school. I spent a lot of time in vocational classes like woodshop and wasn't interested in math and English and science, so I didn't think I was. I signed up for the military in my junior year. I didn't finish high school, didn't go off to the military, and found myself becoming a new father at the age of, find I'm going to become a new father at the age of 19. I think that's probably really where I would say my life began. You know, I was forced to grow up really quick. I got a couple jobs real fast. Learned real quick that not having at least a high school diploma was a really hard route to make it in life. So from there, I worked in restaurants. I worked in, uh, I painted homes. I did construction. I did whatever I could do to to make things happen and always made things happen. 
And then, uh, you know, I've just always had to work hard my whole life to get what I could get. So looking back, mistakes I've made, I would definitely have focused on education, at least some certificate programs, things like that, which are the things that I've, you know, since taught my kids the, the important things. You know, don't, don't have to work as hard as dad has to get what you want. You can do this another route. For me, I don't have a college degree, but I have a life degree, and I've done a, a lot. I've managed a lot of people, a lot of different businesses. And I just kind of had to learn on everyday experiences. My words of wisdom would be you don't have to do it that way. You definitely can gain a lot of knowledge, uh, staying into your studies and into your different professions that offer on, you know, training into those professions without going to school, trade schools, things like that. I just definitely encourage people to, to go into those fields and try different things out and then get yourself the professional training and certificates to make sure you're paid accordingly. So all in all, I would just, you know, I would say my story is uh, of one of learning my entire life so far, and I don't think that ever ends. And who knows, maybe I will go back to school and end up with a, a degree of some sort of at some point. But for now, it's running a company that's making a big difference with lots of different people in their businesses and having my hands in every aspect in this business from billing to hiring to uh, new accounts problem accounts, social media, uh, interactions, clubs, things like that. It's just, it, it brings a lot of opportunity to me, and I'm super grateful. That's awesome. Um, so now I'd like to go back to advanced messaging. How did it start? I know you mentioned it briefly, and maybe you could just talk about, yeah, how, how it started, what do you think led to the success that it is now and, and into the future, and any mistakes made there? So just short of about 45 years in business, Carl Sewing, uh, now at 55 years in business, I uh, had just struggled really its entire business time uh, handling the other part of the business, which is after hours. So every business has their 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. But a tow company, they, they never close. They never stop helping people. Real core of the problem has always been, you know, the phone calls come in, getting all the detail and understanding the information, and then getting that out to a, a driver. And for whatever reason, that's a been a very hard thing to find companies to do over the history of Carl's. In around 2009, that's when Carl just kind of got fed up with trying to hire answering services from overseas to California, the East Coast, Canada, you name it, they were, there was, every service was out there was tried. So he decided what he knew what he wanted, he knew what he expected, and he would just do it himself. And that's kind of what started the premise of, you know, we're, we're going to offer a service that's never been offered. When people say, oh, you're an answering service, we take pride in saying absolutely we are because we don't really feel like there's probably been one like us before just because we're, we can be unique to any industry, to any type of business, and multiple businesses within the industries. They get that custom effect, which which just kind of steps them up above, whether it be how they dispatch out after hours or the types of calls they take or whatnot, that can all be uh, customized, and then the staff here is trained in how to, you know, making sure to read and understand the customer and reflect backwards to the notes of the company and making good decisions for our customers. Since it was a brand new company, how did you guys get your first, second, or third customers? Um, so the first, I think, I want to say there was a core of customers of about 10 or 12. Mike Despain, uh, the owner, he actually went out and with his background in sales, prior to coming to work for his dad at Carl's, he was always in sales, so he was had no problem with cold calling, and 45 years in business, Carl's had done business with almost everybody in the county, so it wasn't really that hard. There was other answering, there's another answering service in town, so it was just a matter of, hey, we're offering this service, 
He liked to give us a chance, and it just kind of has always fallen into place. There was never any high pressure. It just kind of been an ongoing build. People find out who we are, find out that we offer something better than they already have, or offer something they never thought of. So we, you know, we went from 10, 12 customers to 120 plus, probably more growth in the last 12 months than in the previous four years. Sometimes we stay stagnant, but the volume always kept us busy. Can you give me a few examples of customers that you guys that you serve? Uh, maybe not the names of the customers, but at least the types or industries. Customers, yeah. Um, you know, primarily businesses that offer services after hours. So any of those could be plumbing, electrical, um, septic systems, HVAC, heating and cooling. Uh, then we also have accounts such as public agencies, city agencies, uh, people who are needing to be in place when they're closed for broken pipes, broken sewer lines, lights in cities not working, things like that, PUD agencies. Tow companies as a, as, a, as a group, as a smaller group that we service, only about 38 of the 120 plus, but they probably take up 70% of our call volume. So our smallest group or one of our smallest groups of types of clients is one of our busiest and highest volume of calls. What other kind of accounts we take on and have would be in the medical, um, medical field, dentists, doctors, lawyers, of course, uh, in the computer world, um, which is uh, always needed around the clock for services and repairs and things like that. We have floor covering companies, things companies that you wouldn't even know why they would need us, but they have such a great customer bases and they just want to continue to offer that live experience to their customers when uh, you know when they're not in. And I think that's kind of our specialty niche is that we don't sound like an answering service, so these companies like P&E construction, you know, they might be doing a gas station build in Oklahoma and they got a shipment coming in and at 3 a.m. they're looking for a guy to drop off a pallet. We'll take that call, we'll get the guy on the phone who's handling the Oklahoma job and we'll make sure he's out to the site to get that pallet unloaded. Um, so essential parts of just different businesses are important that keep them going as well. It's such a valuable service. I mean, nowadays people want everything and it just keeps every year uh, that we keep going on and, and business or just in this world in general, everybody just wanting to click that click that button on the microwave, you know, just like I want it now. So it's like no excuse to have a voicemail to let your customers hit a voicemail. And you said that you guys um, don't sound like a answering service. I know a mutual friend of ours was saying the other day that he had called a company and you guys were answering the phones for him. And he didn't realize until he was a couple minutes into the conversation that he was actually talking to you. And right. so that just shows how, how great of a job you do uh, being undercover. <laughs> Yeah, and some companies want us to answer, you know, they put that right in their greeting, you know, the business plus, this is their answering service, how can I help you? And and for some industries, that, that does work. You definitely want the customer base to know, uh, depending upon the, you know, the information that could flow back and forth. It might hold them back from saying something they shouldn't or it might add some information that they should. So in some cases, it works, and it's completely up to the customers to in that custom build that they can, greeting line can be read as anything that is uh, desired by the now that you guys have been in business for this long, is there anything that stands out to you that you think has led you guys to be in business for this long um, and anything you would have changed or maybe just stay positive with what you guys have done that was good? You know, I think one of the biggest things that we've always done and made a priority in being a live answering service, we can make mistakes. Things, information, and even street verbiage can be taken the wrong way, heard the wrong way, and miscommunicated. With us being live, you know, even 20 minutes after a live situation, we're still new. We're still on top of that. It hasn't. If we're not talking two days later, 
we get we go straight back and we repair that. We get the owner or the manager on the phone. You know, we're proactive. Hey, we've made a mistake. We want to make sure. You know, this is only 20 minutes old, but we want to make sure and get this back on track. So I guess you know we don't walk past our mistakes like they never happen. And then if someone sees them, then we'll deal with them. We we really try to be proactive, catching our own mistakes, saying what our mistakes are out loud. And I think that that has brought a lot of value uh, to our business. And, uh, you know, for example, with tow companies, they do a lot of police impounding for DUIs, not having a proper license. A single impound to a tow company is around a $400 amount of money that they will take in. And so if we in any way in the past have botched those calls, sat on it too long, the dispatch relay didn't go out, and where they didn't get the call, we will actually go and write a credit to that company for the dollar amount of, of uh, income that we've caused a loss of. And that's absolutely just unheard of uh, in the industry. People don't offer compensation in answering service world. And we have and we do, and I really feel that's why, especially in the tow industry, you know, the towers, they, they take it seriously. We know there's, they know we want us to get it right 100%. We want to say, hey, we messed up. And, and that's that's been a huge thing for us, I would say. Yeah, not only a big benefit for your customers, but also for yourself to say, hey, you like reprimanding yourself too and say, let's not do this again. About two years ago, we had a, a large, a big rig call that unfortunately got missed, and it was a, a tow company in Seattle. They lost about just over $1,200 in value, and so we issued a $1,200 credit. Granted, they we, we took it as $100 off a month for a year, but it, you know that's how you work through things. They couldn't even believe we were wanting to take care of it. So you know they were one of our first customers, and they will probably never leave us. And that's just the kind of stuff that sets you apart is when you take care of things that you've done wrong. It comes back on you twofold, we always say, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what's your goal for the next five to ten years for maybe yourself or advanced messaging in general? Or is there anything you're especially excited about that you guys have been under development at advanced messaging? Yeah. So actually just in a couple of days here, we're going to be hosting our own cloud-based software. So the software that we currently work in, we have a server and we work in office. So after the middle of this week, we're installing a new server and we're going to host it into the cloud ourselves. And what that's going to do for long term, it's going to create the opportunity for our workers to work outside of the office. And so I feel like, especially these current times that we're in, we never know what's going to happen. People are sick, um, and it's a volatile industry when you're covering 24 hours of service, 366 days this year with leap year, to always be perfect and never expect a, a hiccup. So we are excited to have remote stations. Of course, mine will be the starting one, but I'll be able to work from home. If there's a problem or there's a high influx of calls at 3 in the morning, it doesn't take me 32 minutes to get to the office. I can actually just go into my office and start answering phone calls. And that will be a huge benefit to our customers, having even a, a more secured scenario where we're, we're bulletproof. You know, if we lose power here for a week straight, we're going to be able to make sure we can just go to people's homes, plug in their equipment, get them on, online, and be working from home. So long-term, that's, that's definitely our long-term goal, um, and we're right in the middle of setting all that up. So that's A&D long-term. Short term, you know, we've explored some new industries. We're in, very interested in, in tackling into those. So we want to uh, be proactive in looking at uh, elevators, for instance, is, is just one that's never really hit the radar until recently, and it appears that that's a really good category to get some a large volume of accounts with low volume of calls, which is, you know, a, a very productive way to run a business when you can have a monthly fee and not have 
any work to be done, but you're still being paid a, a small dollar amount. So that's definitely some short term for us is to build that that kind of a base around this where we're monitoring some stuff that doesn't require a lot of action. For me personally, my personal goals are, and I'm working really hard at is building, continuing to build a team that works together. It's a very small office for you know having up to five people in and taking the volume of calls we do, so it can be very stressful. It can be a lot of hard work, long days. So creating a good environment has been super challenging here. I feel like we're we're making some headway on on that. Um, we've hired some new people. Great partner I have with Express has made that possible. They are just finding great people for me. So that's been a huge asset, a uh, huge power partner for us. So yeah, just kind of building our team and, and making making a positive workplace for the employees that want to be at and making sure these people want to stay here and want to be a part of something that's so great. Yeah, that's really cool, Scott. And I couldn't have been better timed with the, the remote work. Must have a crystal right. ball over there or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been working on that for a while though. So no crystal ball yeah. is just coming to just everything happens for a reason at the right time. I think sometimes. So. Usually in life, when you're pushing for something to happen and it's not happening, there's a reason. And sometimes when you take your foot off the gas, all of a sudden it happens, and there's there's a reason for that. I believe so it happens in the right time for the right you know at the right time. We are by no means in any kind of a slowing trend. We're very fortunate to be actually busy and growing and growing. And uh, we have more employees now than we've ever had. I think we're. 16 employees. Um, another one, our 16th starts Wednesday. So yeah, it's, it's busy. I spend more time cleaning my office trying to get rid of junk to make room for the new stuff that's important. It seems like cleaning out old paperwork and keeping things organized has, has been a real sort of <laughs> Do you have any favorite books or people that you look up to? Or if you don't have an answer to any of that, uh, maybe you have a favorite quote? I would say the people that have influenced me the most have been some direct people in my own family. Um, you know, my cousin Mike, who is co-owner in this company, you know, he's been, he's just eight years older than me, but he's been in my life, my whole life. So huge influence on always just doing the right thing, being positive, treating your employees uh, well and making sure that, you know, you're listening, uh, listening to your employees, listening to the people around you, just always trying to do the right thing. You know, a lot of people go the short, easy way, and that's usually not doing the right thing along the way either. Um, that would be one major person I would definitely, you know, besides my, my parents, of course, or grandparents, all those people played roles in building me up as a youngster and whatnot. But in my professional world, you know, even this Latip group, because I've grown so much from being a part of this Latip group and all of the people that are in it, it just seems like they're just the, the masters of each of their own industries, and it's been... Uh, really refreshing to be a part of this group, and I'm this Latip group, and that's been a big builder for me and my confidence, being up and talking in front of people, things like that. Yeah, that's it's been Latip's been an awesome, awesome group, and one of those groups that I was totally skeptical when I first heard about it. <laughs> I'd heard about networking groups and stuff like that. And so I just anticipated everybody would show up and kind of be zombies, half awake, exchanging business cards and asking for business. That's That was my initial yeah. impression, but it's been pretty much the exact opposite. It's a great yeah. group of people that, like you said, are masters in their industries mm -hmm. and are there for a reason and not just, just kind of fly-by-night operations. And it's great right. just to know all these people with all these experiences. Mm -hmm. bounce idea and, they're all, and they're all just human, too. They're all just like the rest of us. They're just, we all can learn something from each other, I feel like, for sure. I agree. The last couple of things I want to ask you about is maybe your favorite things or qualities about Longview or Cowlitz County, and then to see the community continue to grow and develop you know, in the right direction in the future. Where do you see that happening, and if you have any comment on it all? Um, I mean, I've lived here my whole life. What I can say about this area, I mean, it does get a lot of negativity said about it, but 
uh, you know, this is a this is a really small, beautiful little community that we live in. It's super clean, super nice here. You don't have to go far to the south or to the north to see where, when you want to see problems inside of cities, what those look like. And I feel like a lot of people here take for granted, you know, exactly how great our little community is here inside of this small county that we live in. Uh, we're pretty sheltered from a lot of the the big gnarly stuff that we don't see. You know, we do have some homeless stuff as we all have seen recently. Uh, that I think it's always been here. It just definitely got put up on Front Street and became a little bit bigger uh, poster for what's going on. I think that was, you know, not necessarily even a bad thing either. It brought attention to it. And I think that continuing to work as a community to have nonprofit organizations being able to help in these areas of homelessness and drug use and undereducation and things of that nature, people helping people find jobs. There's just so many great programs in the county. I just foresee if the community supports those and the local governments help continue to support those, I feel like those are going to be the answers to at least maintaining the problems. I don't know that any of the all the problems can be solved, but uh, helping to maintain them, offering reasonable solutions and, and reasonable help for those who want it, I think is is going to be what's kind of key to the keeping this community and this whole little small region that we live in here in check and moving in the right direction. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and it's, it is a beautiful area. I was talking to some high school students. They invited me. Kind of, it was kind of like a career day for dad, but I wasn't. I didn't have any children in the in the high school. But they were just yeah. bringing in people that are in different areas. And I came to talk to one of the local high schools, and they said, you know, I'd explain my story because I was from California, and I my business is remote, so I just kind of had a chance to kind of live anywhere in a sense. So they said, why did you pick Longview? And I'm like, this place is beautiful. This place is awesome. There's so many good things about it. And the kids were just flabbergasted. I'm like, it's just a case of your hometown. Like, I've never really heard anybody that was really pumped about their hometown. Like, just really excited, especially at that age. You know, as you get older, I think you start to appreciate things and open your eyes a little bit more. But it's kind of hard to see outside those, you know, the quad or whatever. And I was just so blown away. I couldn't believe how, like, disgusted they were. And I'm like, it doesn't get much more beautiful than this, man. Well, and this newer generation has, you know, a, a vision of the world that generations before them didn't have based on the Internet and based off what you do in your business. You provide in portals for people to visually see what's out there. It's something that's never been before. So, you know, it's not a fault of theirs, but they just, they see what they've been shown of everywhere else. So it's probably not hard to, and then all you hear about news in Kellett's County out of Portland is all the bad stuff. Right. <laughs> so I can see, yeah. you know, I, I may have. 15 years ago, didn't think I lived in such a great place either. But finally, when you really look around and you really look at it, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Weather well, couldn't be more stably better than anywhere. Not too many places on the planet that are as even keeled temperature year-round average-wise as here. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. The rivers and lakes and mountains and every single aspect of what you have here, it's, it's pretty unbeatable. It is. So I want to Arizona and get Go to Alaska and get 20 below, but right here it's perfect. <laughs> so the last last couple of questions, just if you could give one piece to aspiring leaders or just anybody, what would that be? And then do you just have anything else to add? You know, I, I, one of the biggest things that's always stuck out to me, um, and, I'm, and I've never never been an expert or I've been perfect at it, but is I think that, you know, I would just advise to stop and listen to people, you know, honestly, and, and take the time to talk to people. Don't, don't. Pick who you choose to talk to and deal with based on what they look like or seem like. Genuinely, just as you walk through walk through life, uh, you know, get to know people. Get to know people's stories. Feel like 
that's going to help anybody who does that to just have a greater appreciation for things around them, understanding that your bad situation might be a tenth of the badness of someone else's. So, you know, we can all help each other. And I think in doing so is just listening to each other and being respectful to each other. That would be my greatest advice. And I tell my kids the same thing is just be kind. doesn't matter how gnarly someone gets or how bad of a day they're having. You're going to make it better for them or you're not. So choose to make it better for them. Help them make it better. It all comes around. Maybe something I said, you know, inspires somebody to, uh, nothing's perfect. You know, you don't just go to school, go to college, get married, have kids, have a perfect life. That's pretty rare. So, you know, just, just appreciate every day, work hard, do the right thing, and it'll all work out. 